today uh, excited to kind of run through the last episode here of this season where we've been talking about content distribution and repurposing. Uh, and so today kind of go through a few points we have uh, just around like the future of distribution and kind of what we think um, uh, will happen and with that, you know, over time and just a little bit, not necessarily predictions per se, but just sort of based on what we're seeing kind of where we think uh, things are headed from here. So excited to jump in. I know we have a list of five or six things and kind of jump in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's interesting. There's a lot of different things that we've seen over the years and how content gets out into the world, especially in our time doing in content marketing and SEO and all the things, digital marketing. Um, so I think we have like at least a good historical reference around like what the types of things that end up sticking around and becoming kind of more fundamental marketing tactics and other things that like kind of fade away. But um, I think some of the stuff that we talked about before we kind of put this together and like kind of we'll go through um, are going to be interesting to discuss. Like first being distribution via dark channels or dark social. Um, I think dark channels is a better way to put it because dark social is where it started, but now there's all these different sure. places that you can share content with people directly that are like, it's almost impossible to track. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, um, certainly one that we've seen more and more. So we do use the Excel reported attribution on our inbound lead form and, um, have heard more and more people saying, uh, you know, someone mentioned you in the pavilion group, someone mentioned you in a Slack group, um, you know, some of that. And then, you know, from a, that's, you know, a little bit more of a referral mechanism, but, um, I have also had people just share, uh, like, Hey, you know, I keep uh, sharing your content with our, in our marketing team, Slack, you know, or this, this post is really good. I posted it for our marketing team in Slack to see it. Um, even the very first guest post you wrote, uh, when we launched 10 speed, uh, was a, a post with bear metrics. Um, yeah. and we had someone hit us up and be like, Hey, I just shared this with our entire team in Slack. I think it's really good, really helpful in, you know, wanted to chat. And so I think that certainly referrals happen and maybe you hear about those, but cert the content sharing beyond that and, and the way that that ripples through, um, you know, discord slacks, you know, all those types of groups, um, I think are, are really important and, and I think we'll continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I got even a few LinkedIn messages directly about even that example, uh, guest post which is also just kind of like back channeling. Like they were like said similar things It was shared with them or they found it and it found it really valuable. And you're just like, this is attribution on this is very muddy for if yeah. like someone actually became a, a client of ours or anything. So yeah, I think it's, it's going to continue to grow, especially as like new ways of just communicating with each other happen. And we'll actually probably touch on some of the networks, um, social networks and stuff that are emerging because those actually become really challenging because some of them are actually just like, either chat platforms or video communication platforms or audio communication platforms to throw it back yeah. to the beginning of talking about the clubhouse app. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I think yeah. it's, um, I think there's like a, from the, the dark channels perspective, I think based on, you know, I guess kind of just the way it seems to be evolving there. I feel like there's just more and more groups and subgroups popping up all the time. Um, and, you know, certainly there, you know, there's Slack communities and stuff with like 
10, 12, 15,000 people, like those are, those are going to be noisy, like engagements probably not going to be quite as high. Or, you know, if there are people sharing content, it's going to be like just hard to even keep up with it. So I don't know that that makes as much of an impact, but there are certainly smaller groups, much, much more engaged. Um, and, you know, probably for most companies, especially most SaaS companies, there are likely some sort of groups, whether it's still in a LinkedIn group, uh, which I guess is another potential one, um, or, yep. um, you know, or Slack or Discord or whatever. But like, I think they're pretty much everyone probably has little niche groups of their target audience. And so that I think will become more and more a factor of like accepting that it can't be measured, like from what we talked about in the last episode in terms of measurement and what you're doing, but has an impact. And I think 10 times out of 10 people would choose to get their content shared in front of their target audience in some dark channel uh, over, you know, trying to guess and, and push things out more broadly to, to everyone. Yeah. 100%. And I would, I would say actually at this point in my life and career, I probably discover more content, um, via direct shares and referrals from people. Just even our yeah. team, they share stuff on Slack, like it happens all the time. Like, I think it's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow in that way. Um, yeah. so yeah, so the other, um, one of the other ones that we talked about was, um, the paid distribution, uh, or paid uh, distribution efforts, supplementing supplementing your organic efforts. Um, if you can expand on that. Yeah, I think there's actually kind of similar to what, what we were just saying with, with the dark channels. I think paid distribution, that's not a new thing. Like it's been happening for years. Like networks are decreasing the amount of organic reach that you get uh, from your organic social. And so I think... Um, that is an area where people have begun to, to supplement with paid. But I think similarly to what I was saying with dark channels about like, you would prefer to get that in front of your target audience uh, rather than push it out more broadly. I think that similarly, um, you know, rather than you know hoping that you can build this huge audience that is the right people to be able to distribute to, um, there are some benefits to be able to say, here's a very targeted group or here's a very targeted list of people that we want uh, to have as customers um, and be able to to run ads to distribute your content directly to them. So higher in the funnel, lower commitment, really just kind of trying to build your authority and not necessarily trying to directly drive that lead. But I think, um, again, gives you that confidence that the dollars you're spending there are distributing that content into the exact audience you want to be in front of. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it's a kind of a, like you said, it's a, you know, it's not a new thing necessarily, um, but it's, it's a fundamental and holistic uh, practice, right. Of making sure that content gets everywhere. There's a lot of talk out there around paid being, uh, you know, the questioning the ROI of paid distribution efforts or paid advertising efforts. Obviously, that's more maybe on the direct PPC um, realm, but I think uh, it can um, bleed its way into content, uh, paid content distribution. Either way, like it's not all or nothing. It's got to be a little bit of yeah. this and that to be and being strategic in how you have these things play together. 
and then once you have it all dialed in and understand how all those things, moving pieces are playing together, then um, you should be able to um, get to the right people at the right time with the right money. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I think that that's, again, you sort of have to just look at what's happening, what's being prioritized within those channels, those social networks and, you know, accept that there's that, but the, the upside, as I said, is you can be much, much more targeted and know that your stuff's getting there. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, moving then to like the, the third point that we had, which is like the move into short form, um, you know, we've seen that certainly happen already. Uh, and I think from our discussion, just feel like that's something that will continue to happen. And so it's not necessarily a hard pivot into short form only, but um, some balance of creating short form just for short form, but then also being able to continue to, to break down long form into short form. So obviously there's plenty of people that have seen, uh, you know, webinar clips and podcast clips, you know, like that, obviously we do that, like those turn into smaller, shorter form social clips that can lead into long form if you're interested. Um, but I think if you just look again at the signals from what people are building, what they're prioritizing, even just in the last couple of years, like the YouTube shorts, you know, Instagram reels, the growth of TikTok, uh, even LinkedIn, like, I don't know if everyone knows this, but I think it's, 30 seconds. If your video is less than 30 seconds, it will loop yep. automatically. So again, that's even like a subtle prioritization of, of that. Um, and Twitter's kind of for a long time had a pretty low ceiling on the length of content you can video you post there. But um, I do think that that will just continue to be a big, big, big area for distribution. And I think that, you know, we going a couple episodes back, we talked about who owns it? Is it a dedicated role? How does distribution happen inside of a team? This is a big area where I think, uh, even just from our own efforts, we know the amount of work it takes to try to replicate stuff and produce it there and publish into multiple channels. Like there's just decent amount of work that, that goes into that. And so um, I think that's important, but from a distribution standpoint, I think we'll uh, be adapted more and more uh, in the next few years. So what do you think about that? I, yeah, I totally agree. I think we're pretty uh, bullish on on short form repurposing um, of long form content um, for all these different platforms. I think it's it is going to continue to grow. Again, there's a and I will touch on like emerging platforms because it's more and more like video and and all that that like I think is going to this short form kind of like re, uh, repurposing in a sense is going to like bleed its way into like other formats that we haven't even probably even seen yet. Um, it's just gonna, yeah, it's gonna keep growing. It's gonna, it's, we're consuming information and content in so many, in different ways than we did. That doesn't mean that people are not, and I think we need to make it clear, they are still con consuming content in the written form. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. That is very much a, a thing that people still do. I think the internet is trying to say otherwise to some extent. Um, that's why these other formats are becoming popular. But like, I think we talk about this a lot that this adds to that in such a powerful way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think to that point is, I think it's just been heavily weighted towards written content. And I think now it's just sort of like, there are better channels. There are better formats that I think they're just kind of like reaching a little bit more equilibrium, getting a better balance of like 
no, this topic probably should be a two minute video and not, you know, a written blog post. Uh, but then things that are still much better consumed and, and understood and distributed as written content work there as well. So I think, I think it's just sort of normalizing right now. So, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other one we were talking about too, was, um, the, the repackaging, um, of, of traditional, of content into traditional media formats. Um, I think we're seeing this a bit with, um, like I think Salesforce is doing this with their, uh, acquisition of, um, uh, I forget what the name of the website is. What is their media arm? Uh, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll look it up later. Uh, Salesforce has a website where they are producing basically, um, sales related or probably beyond sales, like related TV shows, web series, web series, um, web series, uh, and I think that that's, we're going to see that a bit more. I think that those are unique pieces of content um, in that they don't like exactly point back to necessarily like a blog post or whatever. But I think there's going to be possibly some like merging of the two where topics can turn into an episode of uh, a specific yeah. type of um, like show. I mean, even a podcast, I think we've done that to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's... Um... I think there's been a a nice trend there, you know, over the last few years because um I mean I think the the content marketing world seems to be getting all excited about it right now, um, as if it's a new thing. Um but you know, I think you certainly could look back to ProfitWell, Wistia, um, MailChimp, even like some of these that were probably what four or five years ago at this point like really kind of made the commitment to to build out this aspect of their marketing which was much more you know the media arm like become a media company um i think is is the approach and i think it's a great approach i mean you can go all the way back to some broader you know demand gen growth presentations i did in 2019 and called out and highlighted like some of those benefits and the aspects of doing that and how it really, really rounds that out. Well, um, I think the, the big thing now is I think it feels like some people are expecting this to be a hard shift that you just abandon anything and everything that may or may not be working already for a company just to build a media company. I think that, um, can become problematic, but agree that I think there's, um, at the end of the day, it goes back to like being a fight for, attention, you know? And so it's, you know, people are always saying like, well, you have to create good content you have to make something worth, you know, consuming and, and or reading or watching or whatever. And I think those things are still true. And so I think, um, more and more people are paying attention to the production quality. I mean, you look at even just the amount of time and uh, money that people have spent investing in a better zoom setup with a better lighting and better camera, uh, and, and some of those things that I think, just matter and, and play out over time. And so I do think that um, the distribution will continue to move in that direction. I just think it will be more uh, supplemental and like in adding to uh, what people are doing versus um, something that's going to be like a hard, hard shift. Yeah. Yes, totally. And um, for those listening, just if they want to look it up, it's Salesforce plus 
That's the website. Oh. Um, they they yeah. similar to Disney Plus and all the other uh, online pluses, but uh, they in uh, in um, the HubSpot one was they acquired the Hustle. So those are the two examples from big players that are doing something like that. Um, so, yeah. Um, but but yeah, uh, yeah. But again, like those are those are examples of that's that didn't become their only content marketing. You know, like no, I I one hundred percent agree. I think they're great moves. I think it's a great addition, uh, but they didn't stop everything else they were doing. So I think it's no. a, it's certainly a good thing to look at. I think the other thing to look at and, and what, you know, is probably worth, you know, another two minutes of discussion here is like, at what point do you do that? Because sure. I mean, HubSpot acquiring hustle. Yeah. They're already a multi-billion dollar company. Salesforce doing that. Sure. MailChimp was already, you know, billion dollar company when they created it. Wistia, ProfitWell, some of those earlier examples, you know, not massive companies, but they're certainly not, you know, like a series A, you know, super early stage type of company. Um, So I think that's an area where you'll you'll have to figure out the timing of like a bigger investment into that, but also how does that start to evolve into earlier stage, like baby steps into that. So like building towards it versus like, we're going to acquire this big thing because we're a big company, but like, yeah. how does that start to shift how people are building into it at an earlier point? Yeah. You think about but that? yeah, the, but like but, uh, resources and budget allocation and all that. And like timing in a, a company's growth journey to like start to enter the four, that four a is it's, you know, it's hard to predict. I mean, not. To, I think we call it Wistia a lot because I, I believe we both really like and appreciate what they did because they were such, they are ahead of the curve. But like Wistia is a, an example where that was an extension of their product as a sense. They're, they're a yes. video platform. And so they were creatively merging the two things as a way to make their content marketing more robust and, and like resourceful and, and fun and all that. So like it was in educating on video production, like, uh, it's like such a perfect combination when you talk about like HubSpot and Salesforce and all these other ones are doing media company type things. They're, they're not media. They're not, it doesn't tie to their product. It's just, they're just packaging their content and creating different types of content, which is totally cool. But um, when you think about it from like a, a, like almost like a, from a SaaS or product-led uh, product kind of approach, it's interesting because they are basically making sure that video is a forefront and they're telling stories through video because they are a video company. It's probably a bad way to describe it, but yeah, no, but yeah, they, they it made sense for them to invest in it early because that was their thing too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, so I think, that, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how that, that shift happens and where, where people do start to pick that up earlier in their journey uh, to start building into some of, some of those pieces early on. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. Um, the, uh, one of the other ones or last couple that we, I know we have a couple more um, was uh, the creative use of emerging and growing social networks. So again, we talked about ones that have like, come out and maybe not and died down after a trend, but like you have the likes of TikTok, obviously, which is really big right now. Um, and I know more, we know more marketers um, are trying to actually get onto that platform, even though that's not necessarily what it was for. So it's like kind of a, we like, I, I say it all the time, the hockey, the Wayne Gretzky skate to where the puck's going potentially. Um, yeah. And that's great. Get there first, see if it works. Um, 
but like, you know, that's not what that platform is for. So it's like using TikTok in a way to, uh, as a marketing channel to some extent is, is interesting, um, especially for marketers. Um, I think we've heard a few stories around like people using Twitch, um, which as a video game platform, live streaming platform, but like have been using them in interesting ways to like talk about even, I, I'm going to bring it through, back to the lens of marketing, but like talk about marketing things while they play video games. I think there's one person or multiple people that we've seen. I don't know. I'm not calling it out. <laughs> um, but either way you hear these things and it's like, it's, it makes your ears perk up because you're like, that's interesting. Is that going to be effective? I don't know. But like over time, we will probably see more and more uses of these emerging social networks. And as a long lead in, but what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I think um, you hit on a good a couple of good points. I do think it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Like it is about attention and like doing something that's unique and, and good quality. And so I do think, um, yeah, I maybe push back a little bit on your comment that like TikTok isn't for marketing. Like, yeah, I, mean, I think it's kind of fair for point, anything, fair anything and everything, but, um, marketing being one of many topics. Um, but I think what's interesting is that you're seeing for whatever reason, it tends to be a channel where people feel more comfortable being creative and doing creative things with it. Um, and so that I think has been interesting seeing a lot more like you know, marketing and sales focused skits and things like that. And I think that's bled into LinkedIn and others. And this is, you know, a question of like, is this entertainment only, you know, is it like, where, where do you draw the line? And I think it's, it's fine. And then it just becomes a question of, um, you know, is that like, how do these things fit into like distribution? Are you in some way saying like, we have this really high performing piece of content or we have this great webinar and we're going to actually like take some of that and come up with creative skits. They're going to do that. Or do you kind of draw the line just saying like this channel, the creative, creative aspect of it is what it is. We're not trying to distribute content, no matter how much we sort of modify it to, to fit. Um, and really just use it as audience building um, and, and sort of like brand awareness building is, is kind of the, the pure aspect of it. So to me, that's the bigger question with that one is like, um, I do, I think we all kind of benefit from the creative, I don't want to call it resurgence, but like that you're just seeing a lot more of creativity and it's, you know, not necessarily a, a dry polished, like here's five things you can do uh, type of video. And I think that um, it, for me, it's yet to be seen of like how that all fits in and in the role that it plays and, and kind of tying it all together from content marketing, brand awareness, distribution, kind of all of that. For sure. Yeah. And also, cause I don't want to upset any of the successful TikTok marketers out there. It just wasn't, my point was that it wasn't intent. It wasn't created with that intention, which most of these platforms, all of these platforms are not created with that intention. Obviously then we Correct. adopt them and try to, so I totally get it. It's just, we're just learning how, how it's being leveraged. Um, especially like, I mean, influencers on TikTok is so big, right? So brands are successfully leveraging that yeah. big time. There's platforms that we know are, we're, are literally facilitating that, that, um, process. Right. Um, yes. So, um, so yes. yeah, I think, I totally, yeah, I think with some, sorry, I, I totally agree. And that's, that's why I was pushing back just because I think yeah. the, any of the social networks were not created with that intention. 
Uh, right. And so probably a, a small you know, turn of phrase that you use that I, I picked on too much, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's worth calling out, I think. And then it's, um, I, yes, I think uh, certainly the, the consumer marketing side of things, like uh, I think is just a lot, I don't call it easier, but like more natural uh, you know, on things like TikTok right now, like certainly, you know, products and e-commerce, like, you know, click through and, you know, um, I don't know what it is, uh, like changed my life hashtag or, or something within, within TikTok. That's like uh, a whole thing that's sort of dedicated to like product discovery and like these things that whatever, like curing migraines and, you know, all right. these different things. And right. so I think there's a lot that, that is there, but then I think, um, you know, the B2B side is just sort of learning from that, taking cues and understanding, you know, how people want to consume information and, and, and some of that stuff. So, um, yep. yeah, so I think it'll be a really, uh, I'm glad you added that one to the list here. I think that will be a really big one that's gonna develop, you know, in the coming few years for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the last point that I think we, we were going to touch on was, um, uh, community building through, you know, platforms like Substack, Discord, um, ones where you can really build an audience um, that have taken some some shape over the last few years. Substack being, I think, one of the bigger ones. Um, for those unfamiliar, obviously, like a, a not an email, uh, a newsletter format type of platform, right? Um, like, uh, for example, I, I people are, are there are businesses and um, brands and people building entire businesses on them. Um, one of my favorites I'll call out because like we talk about him a lot is Tom Critchlow, his an SEO MBA course. That's awesome. It's all built. A lot of it's built on Substack. Um, yeah. and I know he's doing, it looks, it appears he's doing quite well with it, but, um, it's, it's, it seems like those types of things are going to continue to grow, um, as an easy way, quote unquote, not maybe not easy, but, uh, an effective way to build audience and get your content out in different ways through different, through a different channel. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, I do think that's been the, the growing trend as well. I mean, certainly I think the SaaS world has really rallied around the concept of community-led growth. So I think there's that aspect, you know, we've seen over the over many, many years, like the idea of a, a SaaS company having a community is not new. Um, and, right. and that's been the case. And I think for a long time, that was sort of like, people trying to figure out how do you actually do that and make it work well for your company. And now I think uh, people have cracked the code a bit more. And I think there's just a broader desire uh, and uh, adoption of being part of multiple communities uh, around the right topics and things. So I think that has grown and I think is becoming a, a, a bigger and bigger growth lever for SaaS companies. Um, so I think there's that aspect of it. And I think, you know, the growth again of, of podcasts, like podcasts were big early on, sort of like died off for many years and then have really kind of made uh, a mature comeback and like have seen substantial growth uh, and then the quality and everything. So I think, um, yeah, Substacks, I think like discords and Slack communities, um, podcasts, any of these where you're kind of building an audience, um, and and kind of building a community around 
topics, concepts, points of view, whatever it might be, um, I think is really big. And um, again, distribution then it, it, from that lens is not, we got all these people into our Discord or Slack so that we can post links to our, our blog posts or, right. you know, drop in every single podcast episode or whatever. Like that's, that's certainly not the, the intent behind it. Uh, but really that I think the, the ideas and the discussion that permeate in those and that, like upsell stack, a newsletter is going to be a bit more content forward uh, than some of the others, but it's really an, the, the goal. I think that the ideas that you are generally trying to communicate um, for your company through blog content, video, podcast, webinars, whatever it might be. The idea is that those things are permeating the discussions and the engagement within those communities. And, uh, and that's kind of becomes a, the form of the distribution that you're, you have there. Yeah, I totally agree. It's not meant to, you know, um, oversaturate your, the community that you're building with, content but like content and it's you know they all it all informs each other in some way so like you need to build these things authentically and and yeah i uh, certainly don't want to proclaim that like community building is new to SaaS businesses it's like what we talk about with all these other things that we've mentioned from a, the like things that are possibly going to be the future of distribution it's like an expansion on what we've been doing for a long time in in a natural way but like yeah builds on what you're already doing. Right. And I think that that's ultimately, I feel like what a lot of these things are, are good natural expansions and extensions of the things we've been doing, not replacements of the things we've been doing, which is, I think the key thing that I feel like we, we talk about a lot these days. And I feel like is good to like point out is like dip your toes in the water of all this stuff and, and test it out and see what works and, Maybe it'll stick around. Maybe it'll be great for you. Maybe it won't be great for others. But ultimately, um, the uh, the the future of distribution will keep evolving. So you got to try new things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think the the last thing I would say on community is like to your point. Yes, it's not a new thing. Um, and my my initial thought was, you know, SaaS companies going way back, but like communities in general, more broadly, like that is. Uh, that has been a, a thing for a long time. Like I know, I don't remember exactly when it was founded, but uh, talking with uh, Ross, the founder of um, Catch Co and like Mystery Tackle Box, like a big like fishing um, yeah. company, that started because he created a Facebook group about fishing. Um, yep. And it had like 200,000 members or something like that. And then it was basically like, cool, I've built a community of like-minded people an affinity towards this, like, let's see if we can create some products and and promote from there uh, to this captive audience, and you know, just kind of grows from there. So um, that I think is interesting, and then especially as you think about the way SaaS companies will um, like potentially change to some degree, like product. Roadmap like a, that, that's not a new concept to have a community say like we want these features and you incorporate there, um, but I think more and more kind of having some of the community aspects 
around certain topics or pain points happening earlier, helping inform prioritization. Uh, and then also sort of the inverse of distribution is that I think those bring about a lot of great areas for content creation and things that you should be doing. So, um, oh, yeah. so I think that's the, the flip side and, and sort of the, the dual benefit, uh, or it's probably multiple benefits, but the duality of a community is I think it can, um, bring those people together, but then also inform a lot of things before you even do it. Yep. Yeah. There's a, a very nuanced, um, relationship there, but the aspect of like building and owning your audience is, is so powerful beyond just even just the pure distribution of content. Yeah. Totally yep. agree. Cool. Well, this has been good. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, like anything is yet to be seen. And, and I think, uh, we'll, we'll certainly want to keep an eye on how things progress across, you know, the, the dark channels, communities, um, like becoming a media company or whatever that means. Uh, you know, some of those aspects, uh, I think will be, will be interesting to watch over time and we'll, we'll certainly be on the front lines, uh, with a lot of our clients and, and working closely with, with SaaS companies. So good, uh, good chat today. And, and, uh, thanks for the time and, uh, if, sorry, uh, go back just a little bit. Um, um, yeah, it's good, good chat today. Um, so this kind of concludes the, this, uh, season that we're on here and kind of talking about content distribution, repurposing around that. Um, so be sure to visit 10 speed.io slash podcast. You can see now all three seasons of the podcast. Uh, we'll be there and um, certainly sign up to be notified as we move forward with season four. So uh, excited for, for all that. Thanks for listening. Uh, and thanks a lot, Kevin, for the discussion today. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Excited for the future.